Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Oh, yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Cliff, Cliff's back. Cliff and Deb, so I'll put that over there. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast. There's all the cool kids call it Rehefp. Wow, there's loads of cool kids in. It's good. There is quite a lot of people in. Well done. Oh, hello. Right back at the back there. That's very nice. Uh, it's a podcast show. It's good. If you're listening at home, you'll know that. If you're here, you might just have turned up by accident. It's going to go out online. It's like magic. <laughs> beamed. It's like being in Star Trek. Your laughter will be beamed onto the internet where it will live forever, but only if you do some. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, so, yeah, this is show 10. I can't believe it. We got to number 10. I'm still alive. I'm relatively fresh. I had some sleep last night which is terrific. Um, I, I, the, I've got a couple of emails uh, about uh, the show. One of them I've done on Warming Up, which is another podcast I do, Warming Up. Subscribe to that and listen to that one. I'll just briefly mention that one. But this is uh, from yesterday. Some people in yesterday. Uh, Hi, Richard. My wife uh, had a day off on Friday and me, so we wanted to take a day off. We hope the weather would be good and we would go to the beach in air. We're from Glasgow. Uh, the plan... The plan was to spend a day together as a family. However, my daughter couldn't be with us as she had other plans. She's heavily involved in sports coaching. I'm not interested. <laughs> Get to the point. Start talking about me. I'm a... I'm a long... I'm a long-time listener. I thought you said a long listener. I'm a long-time listener to AI Ottima. Yeah. As well as a fan of Fist Funny. Oh, stop saying all the things I've done. I checked if tickets were available for your podcast show and they were. Unbelievable, that, isn't it? So how... Uh, <laughs> All right, don't take the piss. Um, my wife isn't a fan. <laughs> she wasn't sure at all if we should go to your show. I showed her a bit of your Hitler moustache show, but she seemed unimpressed. <laughs> Eventually, she agreed to go, partly because although I'm a big fan of comedy, I've never been to a live comedy show and never been to the Edinburgh Fringe, idiot. So uh, I booked the tickets. We arrived at the stand, and after the first five minutes, my wife, Joyce, thought you were pathetic. <laughs> This was not looking good. After that, however, the legendary herring charm kicked in. That's why it's the legendary <laughs> king of Edinburgh. She, uh, <laughs> the list called me the king of Edinburgh. Richard, king of Edinburgh herring, they called me. So I wish people would stop doing it. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she loved the show she loved the show after five minutes I would point out this was before she won the true or false competition which she did yesterday that was just the icing on the cake I think the turning point for her was when you mentioned Princess Diana God knows why because I <laughs> I, call, I basically call Princess Diana a slag so I can't, it's hard to work out keep working hard you do a great job oh come on there's no need to. anyway so that is from Matt, Matt McQueen and Joyce who won the, won the competition so I got a fan by giving her some money there is a competition today today it's pretty good today A I know some of you had been concerned after yesterday's opening where I said I'd lost uh, my Cafe Nero card with eight stamps on it which is always I found it it was in my wallet so uh, there it is and I've I had a coffee today. It's got the complete stamp. And one of you's going to win that. That's a free cup of... You can get a cappuccino, frappuccino, frappe latte. Worth nearly £3, that is, uh, in cash value. I've got tickets for Political Collective and Dave Fulton. Uh, two brilliant shows at the stand. I've got a copy of... Oh, shit. I've brought, dropped the really most important bit. I forgot that was in there. I've got a copy of, uh, as it occurs to me, The Complete Pumpkin. Uh, you should buy that at www.gofasterstripe.com. I've got a copy of How Not to Grow Up, a brilliant book by a young fellow called Richard Herring. Uh, and uh, also a £40 wine voucher... Uh, courtesy of the people at nakedwine.com uh, who have nakedwines.com 
Uh, and they've given me loads of those, so everyone's got... If you come to this show, you could win £40 worth of wine. You do have to pay £4.95 for postage. Uh, so that is... <laughs> <laughs> but you get a free coffee today, eh? That's not bad. So that will be coming up later on. The other uh, email, was, which I won't go into too much detail about, was um, from uh, Andy Dobb, uh, who uh, was going to come up to the Edinburgh Fringe, was looking forward to coming to see me, uh, but then he, he lost his job and he couldn't go. Oh, that is the, the main tragedy of losing his job, was he couldn't come and see this podcast. <laughs> Didn't mind about anything else. But then his wife, when the kids, they, they put the kids to the mum's house, and she showed him into a little room, surprised the kids were away. She opened up the door, and inside... <laughs> you're wondering what's going on, aren't you? It's, <laughs> it's exciting, yeah, enjoying this. Inside the room, she'd set up like a comedy club in the lounge, and there was a picture of me stuck to the wall. <laughs> you can see that. <laughs> and, then, and then she played in the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. <laughs> so that's beautiful. So thank you to Andy Dobb and his beautiful wife, Natalie, but I'm guessing, so I started talking about this last night when I was drunk on my other podcast. I'm guessing, if, if, if you look around you, everyone, now, that most of my fans are quite unattractive. There are a few people who have, there are a few people who've come in here by accident who are nice looking. You're well, no, quite nice looking, so well done. Uh, you've just come in by accident. Yeah, I'm, quite, I'm quite nice looking. Yeah, just you know, get a sense of perspective, darling. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I imagine after that kind of romantic thing, they must, they must have been kissing. And I'm on the wall watching all this, and be, uh, I'm imagining Natalie is quite attractive, his wife, but I get, I'm thinking, I'm just guessing, I don't know them, that Andrew Dobb, I think he's quite a fat guy, quite a sweaty, unpleasant guy. And although I'd love to see his wife making love from the wall, uh, I just would be spoiled by his fat bum going up and down. That's, it's rude, rude. I feel, I felt sick. Sick to the stomach about what they got up to with the kids out of the room. Uh, so uh, I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk to you about. I'm, I'm getting, I am so clumsy, it's ridiculous. Uh, today I'm going up to the Pride of Scotland, uh, which is the, uh, the shop just around the corner to talk to them about whether the Jimmy hat is the most proud thing that's happened in Scot <laughs> Scotland. It's the, uh, the, the tartan bonnet with the um, ginger hair attached to it. That's what uh, we're working with there. Just drop some more stuff on the floor. I don't think there's anything important there. Oh God, I'm a mess, it's 10 days. Oh, those are just those photos. That doesn't matter. Uh, so I've been looking. Some, the, the Scottish have invented some amazing things. I've looked this up. The adhesive postage stamp was invented. That is better than a Jimmy hat. That is. I wonder what they did before they had. They were adhesive. They must have just used glue, I guess. Uh, it's all very interesting. Um, they de they um, the Scottish invented the decimal point. <laughs> so James Napier did. Uh, it's, uh, he was Scottish. So Walter Scott, marmalade, of course. Sulfuric acid was, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was invented by the Scottish, because I think it exists in nature, but well done. And the microwave, whiskey, that was a surprise. So um, that was the big surprise to me. Uh, oh, and yeah, the, the big news, of course, is that um, Robert Robinson has died from uh, Call My Bluff. And uh, so a lot of you didn't know that, sorry to break the news. So, uh, <laughs> but I was quite relieved, because it could have been Kenneth Kendall. And uh, it's a... It's a <laughs> Presenter from the 1970s with the same initial for his first name and his second name is very close. You have to come to the podcast every day to get that. <laughs> the people at home are loving that. So, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of thinking about how do I mean, I'm so old and fuck now. I'm 44 years old. I know I don't look it. Stop shouting out. It's in my stop. Shh. 
44 years old. It's unbelievable. And I, you know, and I, I went to bed at like midnight last night, basically, because I thought I've got lots to do. But, and, you know, and it's a Friday night. It's tragic. But I just, I'm so tired just doing these two shows. I'm not even really drinking. And I just don't know how in the past. And when I used to come to Edinburgh in my 20s, I used to stay up all night getting drinking constantly all night, then attempting to have sex with someone, usually with their uh, permission. Uh, <laughs> the usually is the interesting uh, point there that came out. Usually. Came, they were comatose. Uh, it's just a tramp in the street. You know, they don't mind. The thing is, they can't get you for that. So, um, <laughs> who they're going to believe, me or a tramp? Me. <laughs> That's how I got away with my years of tramp rape. That was years of it. I got away with it. Now I thought it's the perfect crime. Now I've blabbered it out like an idiot. The police will be at the door waiting for me on the way out. Um, but uh, but I just I don't know how did I do it I sometimes managed to have sex with people as well as doing this you know and uh, and then would get up and do a show again and now I can't even I'm just it takes me two weeks to have sex now I have to I have to have like a note from my girlfriend saying I'd like to have sex with you in two weeks <laughs> then I can have to start the engine up it takes a lo- it takes a long time to get going so it's incredible that I and I think maybe I didn't have sex with anyone <laughs> maybe when I was younger maybe I just kind of stayed awake and then sort of dreamt that I did that is my my best guess but uh, never mind uh, it must have happened but it, I'm just feeling old and I'm just talking about it in front of a lot of people just staring at me like we're not interested <laughs> we're not interested in your disgusting sex like how dare you take the piss out of Andy Dobbs now we all have the mental image of you raping a tramp <laughs> But uh, we, I want to get on with it. So we've got a lovely guest, a fantastic guest, as always. Uh, it's been uh, really terrific to be talking to all these different comedians uh, during the Fringe. And this is one of my absolute favourites. It's going to take her a while to get uh, to the stage. I'm going to feel a little bit because uh, she went out had a bit of a heavy night last night. <laughs> she's, one, she's like a party animal at the Fringe. Will you please welcome the incredible Francesca Martinez, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Francesca Martinez. You got it. There we go. She's up. I made it. You've made it to the stage, and cleverly, they've given Francesca a little plinth to sit on, like, as if she's the king of Edinburgh. And, uh, yeah, and I, I thought you were. And I thought, well, I won't go on my high stool, because it will look, you know, like those interviews where they deliberately get, they put the person, when you go for a job interview and the boss sits in a massive high chair and puts you on a little stool to intimidate you. So I've gone on a, a small chair, but your chair is on a plinth. So now I Thank feel you. intimidated. Thank you for patting <laughs> <me> immediately. <laughs> One day yes. there'll be one day there'll be a statue of you like that with a, a plinth like that. He'll be fine. Um, will it be wobbly? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be quite will good. Will it be a jelly statue? <laughs> Could be. That'd be quite nice. That would be more accurate, wouldn't it? Yeah, but then when the rioters came in, they would eat the statue, wouldn't they? That's the thing. Good There'd be people point. on guard to stop people eating the jelly statue. I didn't think we'd be talking about jelly statues. Not this no. so so soon in the interview. That was the thing. I, that was, was going to get up to that. What, what show are you doing, Francesca Martinez? I'm doing show. one show as yes. opposed to your 50 million a day. Yeah, well, you know, you youngsters uh, don't know hard work. You don't know what hard work is. <laughs> Clearly, I don't. This is the earliest I've got up, <laughs> this friend. Um, waking up on stage, it's great. Uh, my show is called What the Fuck is Normal? Yeah. Because what the fuck is normal? What the fuck is normal? I don't yeah. know. I find this act you're doing quite offensive. I have to say this. Uh, I don't know. I do a lot of work with scope, and um, I didn't realise it was going to be this at all. I have to apologise. I didn't know it was this. Uh, what? 
<laughs> I'll apologise to the people. Well, at home. you know, I, I just basically I haven't got TP. I'm just really lazy. <laughs> Very lazy. Yeah. And I also hate queuing, and it's a great way to get out of queuing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the airport, let me give you a tip: just limp a bit. Fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend it. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we want to be encouraging people to pretend Al- to have. Also, I hate housework. Yeah. So I find it's a pretty good cover for that. <laughs> you know, my brother always said, I don't get it, you can't do the wash up, but you can do your makeup. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what what is normal in your show? What do we where do, where do we go with? Well, I don't know, because I'm wobbly. I was born wobbly. I love the word wobbly, but wobbly's a good word. I know, I do think we should have more positive names for Conditions like instead of something really horrible like a schizophrenic, why don't we just say overly imaginative? <laughs> <laughs> and my favourite one is uh, mentally retarded Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> so she's my definition of that. Um, so I guess it's about growing up in a world that is obsessed with normality yeah. when you're labelled abnormal. Yeah, that's very, it is an interesting... Sounds hilarious, it? does it? sound... <laughs> it does It's funny, I promise. Not jokes. Because one of, the, one of the, my favourite things you used to do, I'm sure this isn't in this show, but you did a thing where you would uh, ask someone in the audience to come forward and you would say you wanted to cut their hair. So usually yeah. a gentleman. Uh, uh, I actually cut Richard's <laughs> Um No, uh, he would be bald. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I cut hair for years, actually. Because, yeah. you know, I don't need jokes, do I? Just me cutting hair was amazing. <laughs> and uh, Well, it was kind of awesome because people would volunteer to do it because the guys <laughs> think, oh, she's not really Yeah, She won't really cut my hair. It'll be fine. I'll look cool going up, getting my hair cut. Like someone with cerebral palsy. Everyone will think I'm like, then you would cut their hair. Guys. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> and then look at they couldn't do it and they had to just go ah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah no this is brilliant I'm really cool with this this is I'm really happy this is happening guys it's so gullible like <laughs> honestly women they would fucking kill me <laughs> but guys just like that most of them thank me afterwards yeah. but one person didn't thank you and I saw this I saw oh, one God. gig you did it okay uh, yeah we did a gig um, <laughs> and Richard was in the audience and uh, Lawrence Llewellyn Byrne was in the audience. <laughs> and when I asked if there a man in here who would let me cut there, my eyes immediately locked <laughs> on his lustrous locks. <laughs> and he came up kind of a bit awkwardly. He was in one of those fucking velvet suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I started to cut his hair and the room was laughing and he was very English. You know, trying to grin, but <laughs> looking terrified. And he was actually patron of that charity. Yeah. And apparently he rang up the next day and withdrew his patronship. <laughs> what a wanker. What a wanker. <laughs> and now he spends his time going out actually disabling children who aren't disabled. He goes out, goes out breaking their legs. He's so furious. What a what a fucking dick! I don't. What do you mean? What a dick! I, I only cut like a little <laughs> bit. Who would who'd have thought Lawrence Llewellyn Bone would turn out to be a vain man? Who would have thought that? I know. The last person. I, know, I thought it was all an act. It <laughs> is. So that's incredible. And uh, yeah. So what, you've been up to Edinburgh quite a few. How, how many times have you been up? 
Uh, I think I've been out five times. Five times, yeah. Yeah, because I love losing money. <laughs> <laughs> and the rain. The rain's oh, been I do good. love it. But every year I do go summer holiday or Edinburgh. And this year Edinburgh won. <laughs> so, it, no, it's great to be up there. What keeps bringing you back to Edinburgh for all that? Um, Say, well, I did, I've done 20. <laughs> this is nothing. I know, I feel so <laughs> ridiculous, you know, it's for you. Clearly I like holidays more than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, it's a lot to do with the stand. Um, they're just wonderful and they really support their acts. And they offered me a, a really nice slot and venue. And I was actually touring Australia this year. Now, I developed the show out there. I had a great time. But I've got to tell you something that happened at the Adelaide Fringe. Because um, uh, I went there with my boyfriend, and it was great, but halfway through, he injured his leg. <laughs> and he couldn't walk. <laughs> and I was like, this was not the deal here. <laughs> you cannot be disabled. <laughs> I am not a carer. <laughs> I'm a fucking Carrie. <laughs> no, I swear we were on their version of the Royal Mile. And, okay, he's on crutches. I'm on his arm, <laughs> kicking out his crutch at every step. <laughs> and people thought we were some kind of bizarre street performer that. <laughs> we made shitloads. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping he'll somehow... Fuck his leg up here. Yeah. Can make a bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I developed the show out there. I did 62 shows wow. in three months. It better be good then if I now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was great, mostly because it was sunny. I'm a sun whore. I will, I will go wherever the sun is. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I developed the show out there. It's very personal. I mean, it's kind of about my life, but it's also about the pressures on everyone to be normal, you know. It's this media-obsessed age with image. and You know, like, we do live in a world where Katie Price is an idol. And I'm like, this is a woman who's written more books than she's read. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of trying to debunk the normality myth and just say... Fuck it, everyone's different. And chill out and enjoy life. Good. Well, that's, that sounds like, what time is it on? Because we should get that in because I keep forgetting to watch. 7.35. Oh, that's good. I can see. That's a show I can see. I've got no excuse. I can just about... Actually, I've got... Then well, I, have to I rush did, up, I I did rush invite you and you've already said no. I, yeah, I did so. say no because I'd have to rush up. It's qu I'm on stage by 8.30. I'll come to the beginning. Yeah, and the I'll come to the beginning then I'll walk out. Go, this is awful. How dare she, how dare she do this? How can you sit there and watch this? I, I think you should actually pick it myself. <laughs> Might bring the audience members up. She ran the marathon four times. What's the, what is this? You ran the marathon. <laughs> I've run the marathon. I ran you, the marathon for you, Francesca. He ran it for me and I got all the money. <laughs> I would like, fuck, just give it into my bank account. Cut out the middle man. That's the way. I'm that's still that's waiting. <laughs> So you started as an actor on uh, Grange Hill. Was yeah. that your first job? Yeah, I was the wobbly girl. <laughs> um, it was great, actually, because about a year before I got Grange Hill, I went to my careers advisor at school and I said, I really want to be an actress. And she said, 
maybe you should think about computers. <laughs> 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 and then I got great chills. I was like, fucking bitch. Um, well, I thought it, no. And Great Chill was wonderful because it rescued me from high school hell. And the best part was this, I did it five years. And I missed school nine months of the year legally. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really stupid but happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm going to say it's a little fun. And I met quite a lot of celebrities there. Um, and my favourite story is that I met, um, I came out of my dressing room one day and David Bowie was standing there. Because they did Top of the Pops, remember? I think you hosted it. I did day. host twice, twice I've hosted Top of the Pops. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Fuck you. I've met, I've met East 17 in real life, yeah. <laughs> See yeah. how I brought you in <laughs> Thank you, it was nice. Um, if Joanna Thompson could fucking see me now, I host. She was at school with me. She was the pretty girl. She didn't like me. I was gonna host Top of the Pops if only I, if only I could have told her. Well, it was really funny because he's just standing there, <laughs> and we were all told to act really cool around the celebrities. So all I said to him was this: "All right, Dave." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he said? Oh my God! It's Rachel from Great Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but um I yeah think the producer come out and said David we told you act cool around the kids from Granger Hill I know it, it was and also I never knew why anyone stared at me anymore I can't remember being stared at every day for weeks on the corner of my street and finally I went up to them and they were like a group of teenagers I said what are you fucking staring at and they went can we have an autograph <laughs> and I was like yeah sorry I've got Tourette's too <laughs> <laughs> multiple disabilities you know <laughs> I was like have you got pen paper in about one hour maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah my writing is shit guys Every autograph, I've never seen it before. They're all original. <laughs> I don't know why people bother asking me. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I started. And I kind of caught the performing bug. Yeah. And uh, I've never recovered. Never recovered? Yeah, we. Were, were you. Metaphor, <laughs> were you so you weren't. You didn't go to drama school, you were just in a regular school when you got to. <laughs> I didn't go to drama school. No. It was quite intimidating because when I got to Great Chill, there were like these eight year olds going, Oh, yes, I was the name, is it? Age four. <laughs> like, Fucking hell. Um, no, I, I went to a normal. Normal. What's that word? <laughs> um, my parents fought really hard to get me into a manger dream school. And then it was shit. <laughs> so... Because <laughs> there was a lot of pressure on me to go to a special school. And I don't mean Eton. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so I had quite a shit time at school, as yeah. you can imagine. The girls hate me because I was so different. Like, um, my parents weren't divorced, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could spell the word definitely, and I wasn't pregnant. 
<laughs> well, I, my dad was my headmaster at my school, so I think that's where, that's where I got bullied. Wow. I mean, my dad was a headmaster. Um, they made me, I wasn't allowed to wear trainers. I had to wear Clark's shoes. That was a terrible thing. Clark's shoes. I, uh, I carried my, my books to school in a briefcase. So that was, <laughs> that's, uh, I chose to do that, but that's not the point. Um, I, was, I played the trumpet in the school band, so most days I had like a briefcase and a trumpet case. I was like a buckaroo of bullying. That's why I was... How many things can we put on this kid before he beats the shit out of him? Me? I mean, I would have believed me too, because like, my mum used to give me hummus and avocado sandwiches. And they were like, why can't you have fucking ham and cheese? And I didn't have a telly either. Right. And when they found that out, they were like, fuck the CP, you're a freak! So I think I did have, yeah, schools, yeah. I'm always suspicious of anyone who enjoyed school. Yeah. Aren't you? I love school. <laughs> I wish I could go back. I, My know, I, was, I wish I was allowed. <laughs> I think they should have school. No, I don't want to go back with all the kids and stuff. I'm not like you, mate. I, uh, I, would, I, think they sh- I think they should have school. You should be allowed to stay on as long as you want, right? But you're still in a year with people of your age. I'd like to... I think as a, as, as a writer, that would be great because I just lack the discipline. You know, I really like the fact that school, everything was like in lessons and there were bells and then you could go outside and play and there were social things and then there were clubs and stuff set up afterwards. It was just really sociable. I, li- I would like that. So I'd like to go to school. As a 40, I'd be in the 44-year-old class. <laughs> did, uh, you, did you really enjoy school? I did quite, I did quite enjoy wow. it. I'm super clever though, you know, so I, wow. was, I was really good. My dad was their master, you know, so I, even if I failed... You know, he'd just pretend I'd pass. Yeah, you had the cushion. <laughs> he'd, just get, he'd get the A-level certificates, print up a couple of extra ones for me, and they go, son, that isn't true. <laughs> I work very hard. Yeah, clearly you're not very disciplined. I'm not. I don't Having worry. done 20 Edinburgh shows <laughs> in a row. <laughs> well, I've done 32 shows, actually, but... Oh. Uh, Sorry. 20 Edinburgh um, that's, like, that's my age, actually. <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't even born when you were up in the I first shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only two you were born. It's 24 years ago since the first one I did. I've just done oh, to some shows that. a double in a year. Oh, okay. But there are many people here, I yes, apologize. who were not born when I was first up here, <laughs> when the clam- clamshell was run by Scottish people. So, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> in those old days, eh? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> turned into a racist somehow. <laughs> the last couple of days I've just become a racist. Yeah, bloody Eastern Europeans coming over and taking over Scottish people's... Gym. I'm not even Scottish, what am I worried about? <laughs> the Scottish people were horrible at the clamshell and the Eastern European men were very nice. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with me. I, lo- I love Scottish people because <laughs> they're so direct. You know they invented the uh, logarithm, so you know that? Did you know, Richard, all of them got together and said, what should we do? Should the, we invent logarithms? Yeah. The, did you not figure out I left school at like 14? <laughs> I don't even know what a fucking logarithm is. No, I mean, I've got two A-levels in maths and I'm a little bit confused about it myself. I have oh to say, I'm, the decimal point is quite is, uh, just about, understand that. Um, so, And then you've been in extras with uh, Ricky Gervais? I've been in extras as a wobbly girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, it was quite cathartic too, because I don't know if anyone here saw it, but Ricky basically ripped the piss out my walk. And I realised not only is my walk hilarious, it's a fucking gold mine! (laughs) (laughs) That was great to tap into that. And uh, yes, my character was described as mental, although I do prefer the more PC term, religious. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, no, I'm really grateful for Tariki for having me on because it can be quite hard for me to get on TV. Like the panel shows won't book me because they think I'm too scary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit scared. I'm just a tiny bit scared. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is crazy. And you've written a sitcom, which I've uh, have helped you, well, yeah. not very much with, with script, supposedly script editing. He was my script editor. But, uh, how's, how's that going? Uh, that well, you know, they said no, so thanks yeah, for thanks bringing that, that up. They, they said yes, then... It's definitely, is um, it definitely, because they've been messing around for about five years well with this sitcom. you know what, I'll tell you what's interesting, I've been developing their sitcom for five years now, Richard's been involved, and... Um, it's kind of like Sex in the City with a wobbly girl, you know, very light-hearted and fun. And uh, they've said, no, I think they view it as a risk, but um, you don't know that but a few weeks ago, I was offered a part in the new BBC sitcom, and I still can't believe this. The part was of this girl called Claire, and she is, I quote, so disabled, she's incapable of any speech, movement, <laughs> or expression. <laughs> and, uh, I was so pissed off that I wrote a letter basically saying, hello, thanks for bringing me the part, but I don't feel I get possess the required skills to fully bring off such a complex and divining world. <laughs> May I suggest casting a shoe or a carrot instead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's annoying because I think the BBC does have a duty to reflect all of the population, you know, and I'm one of them. Um, but I guess they do make other shows which feature disabled people like Top Gear and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Question Time, <laughs> Songs of Praise. <laughs> I I could go on. But yeah, it's frustrating, you know, there is quite a lot, it's quite superficial at the moment. What, was, TV what did you have to do in the script? <laughs> it feels like quota filling a little bit, doesn't it? If we have a disabled character in the script, that can't, they can't do anything. They just say, yeah. they're, they're, they're there in the background, look, they're so, and look, are we right off? I'm thinking, Richard, that my character in my sitcom could, could actually speak and move, which may have been a problem. That was the problem, yes. Yeah, <laughs> shit. It's very funny, they should, they I should, should make I should have it. been a vegetable, then maybe. <laughs> She's allowed to say that. It's all right. You can laugh. I'm allowed. She's allowed. I'm brain damaged, guys. <laughs> Come on. So every day I'm looking back at the past Edinburgh Fringe and uh, telling stories about it. If you can have a think and see if you've got a favourite story from all the, the fr fringes you've done. I can't remember where I'm up to. 1996, I think, uh, which is the idea. Punk's Not Dead. I wrote a play as a pl proper playwright. Uh, but I think that's the year. It's around that year where I had kind of... I've told you about one fight I nearly had with the guy from the Flying Pickets. Uh, and uh, I think that, that this year, I think I had a fight with a guy. A guy came up to me in the Pleasance Courtyard where I was on at the Pleasance that year, and he said... Uh, I was with my friends from school, Phil Fry, a couple of people from school, and we were talking to some girls. It was back in the days where it didn't take me two weeks to have sex. And uh, we, were, we were doing quite well with these young ladies. It was, it was going nicely. And this guy came up to me, and he said, um, I have to apologise to you. Uh, last year I came up to you in the Pleasance Courtyard and I called you a cunt. And I said, oh, sorry, I don't, don't remember it said it's all right, but I just wanted to apologise because that was, you know, out of order. <laughs> I said, okay. And then he stopped and carried on, he sort of stopped and talked to us and he was obviously wasn't with, any, you know, he was on his own. He just, he was a bit drunk and he came up and he sort of talked to us and he joined in the conversation, which we was not, not a part of. We talked to him politely for an hour, at which point he started becoming a little bit lascivious towards the girls and that was my job. <laughs> 
Uh, and just a little bit too rude. He was being a bit too rude to them. And I said, well, look, it's been lovely talking to you, but I think maybe you should go back to your friends now. I said it in a slightly clipped way because I knew he didn't have any friends. I was slightly taking the piss out. And then he just stared at me for about 30 seconds, just stared at me without saying it really aggressively. And then he said, I was right about you last year. You are a cunt. I said, I said no, I'm not a cunt. I talked to you politely for an hour. I didn't have to do that. And uh, I'm just, I'd like you to leave now. I'm, I'm with my friends from school. And so he went, he went round, he sort of said goodbye to everyone, and then he kind of left, so it looked all right. And 10 minutes later, he came back, and he went round the whole group, said, lovely to meet you, love to meet you, Phil, and went round the whole group. Then he got to me, and then he poured a pint of warm liquid over my head. <laughs> and my immediate thought was, that's uh, human urine. Or, or the urine of an animal of some kind. Uh, and uh, that he'd, the reason it had taken 10 minutes, he'd been to the toilet and filled this glass and put it over my head. And I can't remember what happened because I lost it. And I, I'm not a violent person, Francesca, but uh, this is my second fight, only in Edinburgh. Uh, and uh, he, was a, he was a weakling, basically. I can't fight. And luckily, because I, I remember the next thing I remember, I was sort of 30 yards away with him in a headlock, attempting to punch him in his face. And still missing, even though he was right. I had him, I couldn't... That's how bad I am at punching. And he had a glass in his hand. He had this glass held out. He could have easily just smashed it in my face. But he's going, I was going, he's going, leave me alone, leave me alone. I said, you poured piss on my head. He went, it wasn't piss, it was water. As if that would make any fucking... Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, you can go around just pouring water. I was sort of soaked by this guy. So I had this fight with this guy. So it was a very exciting time. Uh, and then the girls kind of were a bit freaked out because they thought this guy had been our friend, really. So they were a bit freaked out. And then they left. So and he really wrecked everything. I didn't. Well, it wasn't piss. It was water in the end. So it was all right. Happy ending. It was. Well, not that, not, it wasn't that. It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> I'd have been able to tell. There may have been a little bit of in there somewhere. Have you got, uh, have you got, been in any fights in Edinburgh, yeah, Francesca? Yeah, I've been in a lot of fucking fights. <laughs> you should see my ninja skills. Um, no, I, I actually got into two fights at school. Did you? And I didn't know where the punches were coming from. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Edinburgh stories. I've got nothing about fights. No, well, I wouldn't expect piss. No. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess like the best Edinburgh story for me was the first time I came up here, um, because I had no idea that I was going to be a, a comedian, and it was actually after Grand Hill I hit uh, unemployment, and because um, there weren't a lot of parts for wobbly girls. Surprise. <laughs> And my dad, who's a writer, said to me, shall I write you a film script? And I was like, all right, if you want to. And he wrote this about his script, and he made my character a, a comedian. And I read this and went, this is amazing, but hello, I could never be a comedian. What does dad know? And he <laughs> said, no, I think you'll be really good. So I joined a, a comedy workshop, and I didn't say a word for seven weeks. Oh, no, that's really hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so scared. There was something about the honesty of comedy that really scared me. <laughs> On the eighth week, I thought, this is ridiculous. I've got to write something. So um, luckily for me, it was the day that Glenn Hoddle made those comments about disabled people. Yeah. You know, like, basically, if you're disabled, you're paying for karma in a past life. I was like, thank you for being a twat. <laughs> so I wrote a routine basically saying, can you imagine what the fuck I must have done? <laughs> I must have been a bloody axe murderer or a rapist or something. And uh, I did this routine and people laughed and it kind of was a real movie moment of like, oh, my God, this is amazing. 
And it was so, like, liberating to stand up and kind of just go, this is me, because I've been very insecure up to her. And so uh, a year later, I found myself in Edinburgh winning um, a, a new act award up here. My dad was like, I told you so. So uh, that, that, for me, was my first experience yeah. of Edinburgh, and that was very special. Michael Barrymore was a judge. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> he recognised a fellow wobbly person. <laughs> but so Edinburgh does have a, a fond place in my heart because it's kind of where my comedy career yeah. started, really. So you won an award in your first year up here? Yeah. I <laughs> 20 fucking years. <laughs> Not a fucking sniff. It was only for five minutes, I don't, Yeah, well, that's the problem. I go on too long. If I just do five minutes, I might be all right. I put together the best five minutes I've done in 20 years. It might be enough to win something. Yeah, that was quite mildly amusing, five minutes from no, Richard. Actually, I've got to say that the following year, I saw your... I was doing a 20-minute a, a set at the Comedy Zone at the Pleasance, and I saw Richard's show, Christ on the Bike, and I was absolutely blown away. And I don't know if you remember this, but I, I got your number somehow, and I started pestering you, <laughs> saying, can we meet to talk about how to construct a solo show? <laughs> and you very kindly said yes. So, wow, um, that's nice. Your <laughs> nice guy. Your show yeah. really inspired me to write my show. I'll do that to any girls uh, between 18 and 21 who want to... <laughs> They want to bring me up. There were a <laughs> lot of dinners involved. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing you have to do is get very, very drunk uh, with me. Except and I don't drink. I know, that was the but, problem. But um, we did... <laughs> <laughs> we a did lot of tramps suffered that year, I can tell you. <laughs> it's her fault. I remember at the end of the night, I walked you home. <laughs> that Well, funny enough, I was too I was too scared to drive in London. I, I'd learned to drive, and I was too scared to drive because I hadn't had a car for a long time, and I was I just thought it's awful. And I kept and then, picking you and up. And Francesca kept on pretty picking me up and driving around London, and I kind of thought, God, if Francesca Martinez is driving, around, it's a bit pathetic that I'm too scared to drive. It, <laughs> it is fucking amazing I can drive. It is. You know when they told me I can drive, I said, Are you sure? <laughs> I can, I don't know how I do, but I do. <laughs> so I, I inspire you to drive. You did, you may say, so there you go, that's something. So I'm asking everyone this, uh, <laughs> I'm asking everyone this question, Francesca Martinez. This is, um, <laughs> <laughs> what would it take <laughs> for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? What would you, what would you need in, re what would you need in return <laughs> for? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I think it would have to be the impending murder of a loved one. <laughs> right. So, so if Keith Allen broke into your house and said, I'm going to kill your family unless you get blow me. Yeah. Yes, I still, I don't think I'd do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't you, think I would. You know, this is really bad to say, but I, okay, the truth is what I'd do is I'd act mental. <laughs> I would, I would start dribbling and going, ah! No, that'd get Keith Allen going all the more, I'm afraid. That's the <laughs> he'd recognise a kindred spirit and that would be 
<laughs> so um, I'll let, we're gonna we got uh, I think we'll have uh, Holly on now who is uh, going to do uh, five minutes of stand up for us uh, and uh, then we'll be back and we'll talk some more. Uh, so uh, every day I'm giving uh, an opportunity just for a very quick bit from someone's show uh, and you should go and see all these people because they're my personal picks of the fringe and they're brilliant. So will you please welcome? And we're very lucky to have it. It's the incredible Holly Walsh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> tonight and, uh, and Richard is the most feminine haircut of all of us. <laughs> um, hello, my name is Holly. I'm so pleased to be here. I like the fact that this is everybody is drinking. It's like 2.15 in the afternoon or something. You're wasted already. That's wonderful. Yeah! That's what I like about Scotland. Um, no, I, I have no idea of what an appropriate time to start drinking is because I only ever drink in Weatherspoons. <laughs> are, you, are you fans of Weatherspoons? Give me a cheer. Well, okay. Wow, really? You, give me two if you don't like Weatherspoons. Okay, well, I used to be snobs about it, like you guys. Uh, I used to think it was where people who were nearly tramps went to die, but I, I was wrong. It's amazing for starters, for 99p a pint, it'd be rude not to have one with your morning croissant. Plus, and this is the big deal breaker for me, everything is laminated, which means you can be sick where you like. I, uh, I overheard two women talking in my local Weatherspoons. I say I overheard them. I, I BCC'd myself into their conversation. Uh, and uh, one of them was like, how oh, was your holiday? And the friend was like, oh, Zakynthos was beautiful. The C was the colour of WKD. <laughs> I thought, how bad is your drink problem that you would choose that over the word blue? <laughs> the pub with my brother I've got one younger brother he's brilliant and um, we got really smashed and then at 11.30 the bar shut because it's not Scotland and we've got crap rules in England and, uh, and, and my brother became really insistent that he needed to find a passport photo booth that was open at that time of night and I was like Zach this isn't the time it's, it's too late you're wasted and he was like no no I have to do it because I need to renew my driving license <laughs> so I need to make sure I get a photo of me when I'm absolutely wasted <laughs> So if I ever get pulled over for drink driving, they'll be like, no, that's what he looks like. <laughs> Drive on, sir. <laughs> so um, the Edinburgh Festival, wow, are you excited? Yeah, yeah pretty uh, subdued response. I, I, I like Edinburgh. One thing that pisses me off is you can't go anywhere without being flyered. It's annoying, isn't it? Like everywhere you go. But the thing is, you've got to be really nice to those people the flyer is, because it's a rubbish job. I did it for a whole month a few years ago, and it's horrible. And people are so rude to you when you hand out flyers. Like, I'll never forget what happened, right? I was standing in the Royal handing out leaflets, and this Japanese tourist came up to me. She took one in my hand, she looked at it, she scrunched it up, and she threw it on the pavement right in front of me. I was like, that is so rude. The least you could have done is folded it into a swan. <laughs> <laughs> person stupid stuff happens to that's like my default setting um for example uh, i was recently in a hardware shop um because i needed to buy a drill yeah i guess who's 30 uh, and um oh the thing is right it was so embarrassing because i don't know anything about drills and the guy behind the counter spent like, about 40 minutes going through all the different drills with me all the different types like bosch and makita and cordless and hammer jewels and stuff and it was only at the end that i realized um when i came to buy it i'd forgotten my purse I didn't have any money on me, right? And I was so embarrassed, you know. So I sort of explained the situation. And the guy like looked around the shop 
And then quite sheepishly, he sort of leant across the counter and he said, uh, I don't usually do this, but um, you can pay in other ways. <laughs> and I was completely gobsmacked. I didn't know what to say. So very loudly I went, what? You mean sex? And he said, no, check. <laughs> I was like, why did you whisper it then? He's just trying to phase them out. So <laughs> Everything in my flat is stuck up with no more nails, including a 40-inch plasma screen TV. <laughs> Don't you think nails should reinvent themselves as no more, no more nails? <laughs> That's a great joke. You guys are assholes. So... <laughs> I actually, I did buy my flat quite recently and my estate agent used the best sales technique anyone has ever used on me, right? We went to loads of different flats, some of them really nice, some of them not so nice. We walked into this one flat and it, like, it was horrible. It actually stunk of piss and there was like an iron mark in the middle of the carpet. And I turned to my estate agent and I said, wow, this place is a shithole. And without missing a beat, he said, yeah, but it could be your shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> I did, my parents came to stay with me. I know they came to visit me and they gave me the most middle class moving in book. You can, a visitor's book. They gave me a visitor's book, which is the most middle class present you can give anyone, right? But the thing is, I live in a one-bedroom flat in Peckham, okay? <laughs> Nobody's going to come and stay with me. And if they do, they have to stay in my bed. And I'm not sure I want those people signing a book <laughs> with a comments box. <laughs> I don't need the feedback. My area, I'm sad, because obviously with the riots and stuff kicking off, um, Peckham's got quite badly trashed. And like Peckham is a nice place. It's sort of one of those places in the, uh, the best of times, which is sort of got really nice streets and then really scuzzy streets. It's quite integrated. It's sort of a place where if you see a white tent on the side of the road, you're not quite sure if it's a crime scene or a farmer's market. <laughs> but, but people have an amazing attitude to life where I live like I was on the bus the other day and this really old woman got on and she went straight up to this guy who was sitting down and said how old are you and this guy was like uh, I'm 37 she said I'm 84 get up <laughs> I was like holy shit she just invented human top trumps <laughs> He should have play, played it back with a number he knew he could win. Something like, yeah, Grandma, how many of your close friends are still alive? <laughs> this seat's mine. So, um, uh, thank you so much. I am doing my show at six o'clock at the Pleasant Cellar, and it's called The Hollycopter. So, if you're around, please come to that, and I'll hand you back to the amazing Richard Herring. <laughs> Now, Holly Walsh, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic, isn't she? Go, do go and see her. Brilliant, brilliant stand-up. There are so many great uh, new people coming up uh, at the moment. It's fucking annoying. So, uh, uh, it's a disgrace. Have you seen any good shows, uh, Francesca? Have I have. Um, I went to see Marcus Birdman. Oh, yes. Who is just round the corner. Stand to brilliant show. Uh, Jen Brister at the Underbelly. Yep. No, the Caves. Well, just let's, let's, let's make it harder for people to find her. Yeah. Uh, she's at yeah, some venue yeah. at some time. Um, yeah, she's have you, really have you seen good. anything terrible? Um, I wouldn't see your show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. You're, I made your mum cry. But I had to yeah. punch her in the face, but it was worth it. <laughs> My mum went to see your show <laughs> on her birthday yeah. and cried at the ending. And I texted him playing Thanks for making my mum cry on her birthday. <laughs> that is my pleasure. Uh, has anyone, 
have you seen any? I've not seen that. All I do is I get people to come here and then I sit and watch them from here. It's much easier. They get I bring all the shows to me and then they're five minutes long as well. It makes it easier, right? Because they're so long, aren't they? These shows. Five minutes is about enough. That's good. Uh, I'm not, I haven't really had an opportunity. I'm working quite hard uh, yeah. for a 44-year-old man. Right, I'm working it in. myself into the grave. I'm a, I know what I'm looking. Stop shouting out. Stop shouting out about it. Um, anyone seen anything? To, has anyone seen anyone been to see Hitler the Musical yet? Has anyone seen? We must get everyone down to see that. That sounds. I look. I tried to look it up on the Fringe Guide on the on the app, but it was very slow. I was gonna. I was gonna buy loads of tickets for it and distribute them. It's like me. It's like someone's seen my show and Stuart Lee's show. It's like Hitler Mustache and Jerry Springer the Opera crashed. And I do. I just want to say though, I have judged it before I've seen it, and it really annoyed me when people so I said, "Oh, Hitler Mustache. Oh, and that'll be like this." And like they did exactly that to my show, and I realised what a hypocrite. I've been for judging Hit the Musical to be trite and awful <laughs> in advance. So I go. I hope those kids are doing well. Those kids who weren't born in 1985. So yeah, fuckers. So uh, right, we'll do a. We're going to do a competition, um, uh, and uh, you will get to. We might, we might have a chance for a little bit more chat. You never know. Uh, but it depends how long this takes. There's a lot of people in today. So what everyone has to do, and the people who are standing up, you, that's good, you're standing up, you're going to have to be honest about whether you're in or out. Uh, everyone needs to stand up. We're going to make a series of statements that may be true or false. You have to decide. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom, on your own bottom. Uh, and every day. Uh, and <laughs> every single day. Uh, and uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. It's a self-policing system. Uh, you could win a £40 wine voucher, some rich Carrying rubbish uh, and some tickets to some brilliant other shows. Political Collective Gone Mad and Dave Fulton. Uh, so I will start you off. Uh, Kenneth Kendall, uh, the um, <laughs> the newsreader. Uh, obviously, it would be impossible that he and Robert Robinson died on the same day. Is it Robinson or Robertson? Rob. That could be one of the questions. Uh, uh. I don't know the answer. Uh, he attended. He was born in uh, uh, the south of India and educated at Corpus Christi College, Oxford. Is that true or false? Kenneth Kendall, the homosexual newsreader, <laughs> whose, li- whose illness, true or false? If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom. Don't help each other, no conferring. Oh. It, that is true, that is all true about Kenneth Kendall. So if you said false, sit down. Have you got a statement of truth or false? Yeah. Francesca Martinez. Um, I once cut the hair of Camilla Parker Bowles' son. Wow, true or false? Why would you make something like that up? To trick you, that's the reason. Uh, and the, as everyone decide, what's the answer to that? True. It is true. They mainly went for true. We're going to have to whittle them down a little bit. We'll think of something else. Um, a Scottish man invented uh, the cure for scurvy. Is that true or false? <laughs> Sounds unlikely, doesn't it? Cause, but then if you're in Scotland, you might need that cure because there is... There is no fruit here. Is that true or false? Uh, and the answer to that is true, according to my sources. So if you said false, sit down. I read it off a piece of paper, you people are idiots, just because I slightly stumbled. That was to trick you. Have you got another one, Francesca? Yes, I once cut the hair of Richard Herring. True or false? Well, if you're listening... Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening properly to the show... Is that true or false? Both! Ah! <laughs> I don't think anyone's... Who's, who's still in? One? Anyone else? Any of you people at the back still in? Step forward if you're still in. No one. Is it just you? Have you the winner? Wow. Yeah. She lied. She lied earlier on. Woo! So, well, congratulations. That was all we needed. Uh, 
There, what's your name, sir? Neil. Neil, there you go. There's some prizes for you. That's the voucher there. You have to go on the internet. Um, we will give out some uh, to, bring, to get £40 worth of wine. Oh, and I forgot that. Don't forget that. That's, a, that's the main one. Free, <laughs> free coffee. Uh, we'll give out some. So, Political Collective Gone Mad. Everything at the stand is an amazing show. Uh, who have we been talking to in the audience? Uh, no one really, have we? I'm really, uh, I'm really. With you, I, I was rude to you earlier, so you can go. You are slightly better than quite attractive. In reality, you just, just sneak in. Um, uh, dear, uh, Dave, you can, David Doan, you can have a couple of tickets to see uh, Dave Fulton. Um, who, who would like to go and see some shows at the stand? There, laid first one in. You can go and see Dave Fulton, who's brilliant. Apparently, a fantastic show. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get him on as a guest. And uh, I'll just give this gentleman here. He's got a nice ginger beard. Have you got a ginger beard and brown hair? It's hard to see from here. Is that right? Strawberry blonde. <laughs> I'll get you on my uh, on my show. We got five more minutes to chat. I don't believe it, Francesca Martinez. I love. By the way, I love ginger hair. Do you? Yeah. Does that well, make me weird? I don't think so. No. I think when it's quite. This is what my show's about. So let's talk about. This is what my Radio Four show that I haven't written about is about. So let's talk to Francesca. See if she's got any good jokes about it. And those can go in the script. <laughs> this is a good way. Because well, it's mainly actually about Scottishness. That's what it's mainly about. But, okay. gin, but there is. Do you think that uh, people being picked on for ginger hair is it a f is it an affront to people to people who claim racism and disablism to claim that there is such thing as gingerism? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, gone like fucking I David Dimbleby now. <laughs> fucking hell! I think there is, but I don't understand it because I love ginger. When I met my boyfriend, I was actually looking for ginger specks in his beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, maybe our kids will be ginger. He thinks I'm mental. <laughs> um, but, because like, I do want kids. Um, yeah, you want a ginger kid? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I, I'll let you into a fear I have about kids. Um, I'm, I love babies, but I'm slightly worried about accidentally killing it. Yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I really am. Like, I keep picturing, like, my husband comes home, right? And I'll be standing there saying, Babe, you know what you said about not going near him with a fork? <laughs> <laughs> he got hungry. <laughs> we can make another one. That is true. That's there you go, baby killing Yeah, I'll put that in. I'll put yeah. it on that. Radio 4 love that kind of shit. I'm in enough trouble. I mean, given that the other 25 minutes of the script is me talking about raping and killing tramps, I think it's going to be... Uh, I mean, they might not want that. They might be an but, overkill. Uh, going back to Ginger, yeah. I think it is... like I don't understand why it's so criticised. Um, you know, I was saying before about not getting on panel shows. Yeah. And I was thinking, they let Frankie boil on and he is ginger <laughs> and Scottish. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to tell a joke that Frankie finds offensive. <laughs> I, I want him complaining <laughs> to the tabloids. It would be good if he did complain about that. It would be vaguely uh, ironic if he did complain. But no, that's what it is sort of. It's a weird thing, the, the ginger hair thing, though. Because I mean, Amy Pond's got ginger hair. Right, fellas, you're with me? Yeah. Lily Cole, yeah? Uh, Rebecca, <laughs> yeah, we, Rebecca Wade, eh? You with me, fellas? Come on. Do you, you know, do you like ginger hair? I like. You know, I don't. I don't think it's sort of like it's weird to me that that, that just the, it's because it's a minority of people. Yeah. So anything that's in a minority, people will have a go at. But it's weird that someone's hair color, like the the phrase ginger, can become an insult, and it's just yeah. the color of someone's hair. Know, that's kind of insane. Talk. So it's sort of no, yeah. I mean, I do. I do. I do. Uh, Apparently, red, it's right? gonna die out one day. 
Well, that isn't true. See, that isn't true. It isn't no, it's not true. I've talked we to. We should have put that to a, in the tool. We should have done. Yeah. I mean, you'd have you'd have been knocked out. It's, uh, I talked to a, I talked to a professor of dermatology from uh, Edinburgh University, and you're going, hold on, Rich, why are you talking to someone about skin when you're interested in hair? <laughs> you're an idiot because. Um, <laughs> Hair is skin, it's just a kind of specially adapted kind of skin. Don't you even know that? I know all about this. Uh, and he said, no, that's not true. That is not, that, that was, it was made up by a di- hair dyeing company to publicise them, that, that and, and blonde Well, thank God, because I was fucking worried yeah, for a bit. Yeah, I'd be terrified to see them going. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, the old ginger. Yeah, it really is a, stig- it's a stigma, isn't it? Well, that guy there should be benefits <laughs> for ginger <laughs> people. <laughs> No. But it's, uh, it's yeah. I mean, it, it, people do feel like it's. But it, I think it's sort of offensive to call it a, like an ism because because no, hardly anyone has really had anything serious. Like you do get bullied at school for whatever you are, right? And and we're all bullies as well. Oh, I don't know anything about being bullied. <laughs> <laughs> but it's human nature. It's like you enjoyed kicking your boyfriend when he had a broken leg or hurt leg. It's human nature to ki- to hit the weakest person down from you. That's what to uh, pick uh, on to find a perceived weakness and to attack it. It's human nature. Uh, when my boyfriend got injured, I was worried about how we were gonna eat. You know, <laughs> like, I can't fucking cook. What's going to happen? I rang up my cousin and got her to come over. Yeah. There are other people in Australia, luckily. Yeah. It's just the t- if you're on a desert island, it might have been there. There's a few, although Adelaide is in the middle of nowhere. It is. It's a desolate, yeah. awful place. Um, <laughs> and I don't think there's any better place to end on that. If only I had the Keith Allen uh, question to uh, to finish with. But we have to go. Unfortunately, we had some nice chats. We had some fun. Will you please give a warm round of applause to my guests? Yes, a warm round of a myth. To my guests. Thank you. Whatever that is. Francesca Martinez, ladies and gentlemen. And also Holly Walsh. Go and see Holly Walsh if you're at home. You can see me, uh, What's Love Anyway, at the 8.50 at the Cowbon. Tomorrow, we've only got Sarah fucking Millican in the house. So buy a book early for Sarah Millican. Sarah Millican and Sarah Pascoe tomorrow. So do book early because uh, all of her shows are sold out. So I, I anticipate that will be full. Please come and thank you very much. Good night. Cheers. See you. Afternoon. Bye. <laughs>